let's talk about doing all the things. I, I really appreciate when I see the comment pop up around, I want this dude's life. And interestingly, it seems the balance these days in the general social media influencer space is this like balance between inspirational and aspirational where there's, you know, obviously there needs to be some sort of thread of authenticity through all of that. Saw a really interesting article yesterday that came out from Night Media, the agency that oversees some of the biggest creators in the world, including Mr. Beast. They do this newsletter on a weekly basis that's got brilliant insights in it. And it did this kind of analysis between where does the pendulum swing between, you know, like inspirational and aspirational and like truly authentic to, you know, somewhat of the untouchable world where the difference being like those that have these glamorous lives that you, that most human beings are never going to come close to the Kardashians, that kind of stuff to those that are just sharing their journey. And so like which side of the pendulum, you know, the audience seems to be resonating the most with. And I mean, my, my hope would be that I'm somewhere in the middle there where there's a relatability and people have trust and that they would be comfortable having a conversation with me and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but then that there's, uh, I guess, appreciation for the building aspect of it and that this isn't easy. And so that's what I'm going to peel the onion back on a little bit during this one to just talk about how much stuff is going on. A, because I kind of want it documented for my own. If nothing else, this will be a bit of a selfish episode because I just want to be able to have it on record so I can point back to, oh yeah, that was that period of time when I was doing all of those things at once and I was really trying my ass off not to fall over. I just, yesterday's post was talking about this a bunch in regards to trying really hard to not burn out, which sounds like a stupid way to approach things, which arguably it is, but that's basically what I'm doing right now. So for the comments, again, which I appreciate around wanting this life, let's just walk through what it's actually taking to do these things. So right now it is 104 on a Saturday in June of 2023. I need to be out the door by like 1.45 at the latest to go pick up my daughter Evelyn from a birthday party. That is a hard, there's like completely unacceptable for me to be late for that pickup on a multitude of levels. That's just one of a bazillion examples of balancing and doing all the things. But also what I hope is one of the most important takeaways from this episode is that it's possible it's hard, but it's possible. I am not smart. I'm not so smart to like have figured all this shit out. It's just, it is, it is level of effort and care and simply not quitting. If people ask me like, Hey, you know, well, what's, you know, what do you think the secret has been? <laughs> One of the first things they say is I just haven't quit. I just kept doing and kept making stuff and even when I wanted to quit which has been a lot along the way even when I thought things were just plateauing I just genuinely love the process and so not quitting has been a huge piece of it but the days and people know the days relatively well 
But let's talk about that a little bit, because especially when it comes to what's happening at work, like, why do I have all of the extra hours that I, that I have? Because that would all be happening anyway, relative to the job. So as most folks know, 402 alarm at the latest, 353 on a lot of days, because there's days where I have to be back in the house by 615 or 630 for Kelly to be able to get to work. So at the latest, I'm sleeping until about 402, maybe, maybe three, four, upwards of five, six times a year I'm sleeping past that. And that's been for a long time at this point. So first and foremost, it is just maximizing the day, because if I don't do that, then none of this has a shot. And again, arguable that this is all stupid for me to do in the first place, but if this helps anybody in any capacity wrap their head around, you know what, I really want to start a podcast too. And I guess if Tim can do that on top of these other things, then why, why can't I? Or I really want to be able to do some content on top of my day job too. I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit for what they can actually accomplish. So I'm going to talk about it super openly so that you understand that if I can do this, you can do this too. That's why it's the number one thing that's pinned on my page. Anything that I can do, you can do better. I fully believe that there's nothing super smart or special about me other than just the effort and and trying and, and having kindness as kind of a guiding light throughout all of it. Cause I think that that's helped tremendously. So 353 or 402 alarm, then it has to be efficient out of the gate. There's a lot of mornings where I'll kick myself and I'm not perfect at any of this by any stretch of the imagination, but if you just repeat it on a consistent enough basis, you'll get enough good output where it starts to become worth it. And you will start to see the rewards of the work, especially over long periods of time. Anything that I've been doing in this space is not too dissimilar from, you know, looking to lose weight, looking to get into shape, looking to get smarter about something and you're putting in the time to practice the piano or read certain books or whatever it might be. Like the formula is the same across the board for all of this stuff, but it requires time, attention, and then the ability to repeat it. People say often, they're like, yeah, but you're so disciplined. I'm actually not disciplined, I would argue. I'm, <laughs> I would say I'm terrible with discipline but I'm just good at following instructions so I can follow my own instructions or I can put things into an idiot, like rinse and repeat type of state. And then, yeah, then I'm cool. Then I'm quote unquote disciplined only because I've set things up in such a way that it's almost impossible for somebody to not do these things and do them on a consistent basis. Alarm goes off at four. The first like hour and a half of the day is choreographed relatively well, but there's definitely still some times where I'm like, fuck it, I need to take it. I like, I just feel off this morning. I was battling through doing my weekly report for the boss and then trying to edit something together. Like at the time of this recording, I usually have something that's already done ready for a uh, TikTok for the day, but that's not the case right now. I have to do that after I go get Evelyn. Making the most of that morning is critical for a couple of reasons. Once I get into the office, I'm not kidding around when I say, and people at work that work with me, uh, and <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Diana. Uh, Diana's one of the senior sales leaders at my company. And God, Diana, you've been so, so encouraging and supporting going through this. Thank you so much. Um, I think she's probably one of the few people at the company that's listened to all the podcasts so far. 
thankfully, because they this all makes me cringe when I think about the kind of the coworker aspect of it. But people that I work with would fully corroborate the fact that when I get into the office, for a lot of us, especially for the senior leaders of the company, it is you're probably in meetings 80% of the time from 8.30 in the morning until 6 o'clock at night. Distinct possibility. Part of that is because of a positive element that we have within the company, which is leaders are, a lot of the leaders set themselves up as servant leaders, where it's just like, how do I help my team do their best work? So that morning time that I have between 4 and 5.30 is critical to be able to set up the day so that when I get into meetings, I'm organized, I can be positive because I'm not flustered because I've already gotten so much stuff out of the way. Like that first hour of the day is is what I call my selfless time, where if you send me a deck and you need my feedback on it, you're going to get that shit back in a timely fashion, and I'm going to monotask on that. I cannot do that during the actual day because there's a chance that there's 500 other things happening. And that then means that I need to do that off hours. So I think what a lot of people perceive as me like, you know, working for the man or like trying to chase things down. In a lot of cases, the extra hours and time that I'm putting in is so that I can monotask to do things for other people's benefits because ultimately that's helping departmental goals, which helps company goals. So in and of itself, just like in the first hour of the day, that is almost entirely work that is cleaning out my calendar so that I'm mindful and I'm present and I don't have things overlapping and I have a little of a chance as humanly possible being late for things in back-to-back situations. People hear back from me in email. People hear back from me in PowerPoints. I probably get somewhere in the ballpark of two to thing, two to three things to review, be it a Word document, PowerPoint, piece of content, etc., Every single day, in a lot of cases, I can't get to those until night. Some days, that actually might be low now that I say it out loud, like probably five or six things. Could you imagine every single night, if you weren't making content, having to go home and then after hours feeling this actual responsibility to thoroughly read and digest and be careful and cautious and patient and kind to read someone else's PowerPoint presentations or go through an Excel document then provide helpful feedback, next steps in a clear, articulate way that is positive that can then empower other people to go do good work. That shit is hard. Hats off to leaders out there that do that on a consistent basis. That is why snack hour is critical for me. That is why the 4 to 5 a.m. shift in the morning is critical for me. That's that's what it takes because none of the rest of this stuff, the TikToks, the podcast, this is all bullshit if my day job isn't in a great place because a lot of what I espouse comes from the fact that I have the experience and that I've done these things in the corporate space. And my God, and I, this is going to feel super selfish to say, but I feel like I've probably earned the right to say it out loud. This is so hard right now. (laughs) This is all so hard right now because I can't stop doing those other things. And now more so than ever, there's other people that are looking for time and help. And I want to be able to help everybody. And I want to still be able to come down to the basement and make several podcasts on the one Saturday morning that I have time to do it 
so that Miles has the time to come down here and help set things up and has the patience to have me rip through three of these things, like basically straight in a row <laughs> when we're sitting here in a five and a half foot ceiling basement, um, feeling like I've got him trapped down here. But it, it's it's really hard. And I say that because if anybody out there is like, I want to start doing content, I want to start doing these other things, that's super cool that he got the Stanley Cup at his house. Like, I can't believe that happened at the Mets game and all these other things. None of it's because I'm that smart or other elements to it. It's just there's, I just keep trying and I haven't, and I haven't given up. And I also am proud and this will be also selfish to say but this is this is about me but this is about me trying to help other people see how much potential there is in what they're doing and how they can then help in a broader capacity and how they are able to have much more of an impact than they probably give themselves credit for that I don't think a lot of people on my team would say that this has been a distraction. Maybe it's made for much more bizarre water cooler talk. <laughs> I can only imagine, and I cringe at a lot of this stuff, but I can only imagine some of the conversations that have been had either after some of the posts that I've made or after some of the stuff that's come out. I know the Rolling the Rolling Stone article created a bit of a uh, kerfuffle, but um, but I don't think I know I'm not perfect, and I'm sure not everybody loves me at the workplace, but. I'm still showing up the same way I always did because I'm doing my homework at night and I'm doing my homework in the morning. And then I have my, and then I have to have my calendar in a place where then I can go into a finance meeting first thing out of the gate and be able to sit there and be thoughtful and helpful as much as possible and digest a super complex P and L for a large department and manage, help manage all of our costs to within single percentage points, if not less than on a consistent basis, that shit alone in and of itself is hard. I can't believe that. that, I can't believe that that's part of my job and that I've, and that we've done as good of a job as we have with it over the years, you know, huge uh, shout out to Mr. Fox. If you would ever hear this, cause he's a, he's a huge component of that piece in and of itself. But like a lot of people who run departments are not responsible for their own P and L's. I'm a thousand percent responsible for our PL and we are rigorous with that shit. <laughs> we are rigorous with it. That's how companies become fortune 100, 500 companies. Cause you gotta be crazy diligent with that stuff. And especially for a kid that was once told by a math teacher in school, even if you get a tutor, you're never going to pass this math class. Damn proud of the fact that I can run a, you know, a big ass, eight figure PL and do it within a thread of where it needs to land on a consistent basis. You know, and then you got to pivot your head and go into conversations with HR people and have like really serious discussions about how can you help out where there's, you know, might be issues in other markets or there's change management pieces or there's new training components that are coming out. And to be able to see all that stuff from a broader picture too. And the way that the days to day, the day to day jumps around is a huge part where like, especially these days, I feel like I grossly gloss over what happens in the office. A, because it's just not appropriate for me to talk about those details on a consistent basis. But 
B, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird space because the worlds are overlapping so much, but there is actually a lot that would be helpful that I could pay forward so that other people are more comfortable and confident with these being specific skills that are needed to do things like what I'm doing. Production creative services departments are all over corporate America these days. Building of internal creative agencies within companies has been a really big shift in the landscape over the past 10 years or so. Knowing this space well, and for me to be able to articulate and talk about the meetings and like what goes into them, at a deeper level, I know would be helpful. It's just not appropriate. And so I can't do it right now. So part of the point of this podcast as well is to not just say for those that see like, Hey, this dude's life looks cool and fun. Those are the people too, that I want to pull in and be like, this is what it takes to do it. And let me teach you how you can do it too. How can you walk into a finance meeting and show up in a very specific way so that you have thoughts that can help manage a unruly situation and help get it up back on track or to just simply empower other people and be like, y'all are, y'all got this. I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to ask some smart questions and then I'm going to dip because that's going to be what's most helpful. And then how do you interact with the HR person? Cause it pivots around all day long. It's like, Hardcore finance and HR elements into we're going to have a conversation about puppets. That's then going to go into here's 10 pages of copy. Can you please have a conversation with me and the team about what's going to hit on the last creative brief for this new campaign refresh that's going to be critical to these business KPIs over the next several months? And then it's going to go to, into a one-on-one -on -one conversation where you just need to be positive and friendly, truly in a friendship type of manner, because I do believe that there needs to be an actual relationship when you're working with your direct reports, because the more you know them as a human being, the more you're going to be able to have a fun working relationship and dynamic. And that in and of itself creates the need for a lot of mental space to remember Oh, where, where is this person with the house that they're working on or renovating or, you know, Hey, how did prom season go? You know, what, what, what are the college applications looking like these days? You know, what's, what's the next week? Like all of those things on top of the other elements. So like being the boss, being the boss is hard. Being the boss is straight up hard. And that's why I love helping when people are like, yo, how, I'm first-time manager. I'm scared shitless. What do I do? Love helping in that space because I've been so fortunate to be able to say that I've had the opportunity in good times and bad times to run a department as large as mine over the past 10 years. And another part of why I'm trying to explain all of this and what I hope people take away from this is how important being a good people leader in corporate America is right now. I do all of those things and I put in all of this effort just into the job itself, let alone into elements where I can talk about the job, even if it's at a glossary level in a TikTok or in a, in a podcast, because God damn it, we need good people leaders out there right now because people have the Sunday scaries and the economy can be a hot mess and AI is coming and like all of this shit. 
And that's why, especially for the skeptical ones and why I try to open up my world as much as possible and why I want to tell people how difficult this can be, not to scare them, but to say, yes, it is hard as shit, but you can do it too. I promise you that you can, if you really, really want to. Not for everybody. Not everybody should feel obligated to it. But if you can, or if you want to, you can. And if you want to, and especially if there's part of you that's like, oh, this may not, but you know, I'm kind of skeptical about this or like, I don't know about big corporations, et cetera. Those are the people that we need the most because you're going to have the opportunity to look at things differently. And we need people that are going to help combat the Sunday scaries in a broad scale fashion over long periods of time. That is one of the biggest issues I think in our country today is the single, just Sunday scaries in and of itself. The stress that puts on families, the stress that puts on individuals who don't have people around them to talk to about this shit other than potentially just vent, you know, either through social media or that then go hide from it. We choose to be in this space together. So part of the reason why I'm telling this story and trying to tell you about all the, you know, give you a more detailed look into what the day-to-day is and how hard all this is, is also because I'm trying to do this and I'm genuinely trying to do this with so much like not bullshit positivity, but like real positivity because of the reverberating effect that that can have. And we need more of this. There's a lot of it out there, but not a lot of people are willing to go through the cringe and to talk about it in a more open facet. But it's, it is, it is super, super needed. So back-to-back meetings that have all of those different components to then make sure that I've got the positive mental capacity to not miss a day where I call Kelly, where I'm going to go for a walk for lunch, that sometimes I might even share with a stranger to say, hey, I'm going to buy you lunch and whatever you want to talk about over the next 15 minutes, world's your oyster because I want to pay it forward in that capacity too. Then to go back to the desk and to eat lunch at your desk every single day, which is I would say I do 99.3% of the time, maybe not maybe not 99.9, but probably 99.3% of the time because that's most helpful for other people. So <laughs> I hate the fact that people need to watch me eat a salad on a consistent basis, but if you're stuck in my 2 or 2.30 meeting window, you're probably going to have to watch me eat a salad, and I apologize for that to anybody that's been subjected to it. I'm sure it's not pretty, but... It means I can get in one more conversation to try to help out in one other element or one other area, or it's helped move a time for somebody else to get a meeting that they needed to move. And so I'll put myself quote unquote last and just be like, cool, I'm just going to eat at my desk again. I don't mind. I really don't because it leads to me being able to do all these other things. But that's, that's a huge piece of what it takes. It's the mental capacity. It's the time balancing and it's the ability to have the understanding that how I say good morning, good afternoon, the tone in which I take at any given moment in any given meeting has such an impact on other people. And that has to be positive. For me, it has to be positive across the gate for across the the entire plate of things for a multitude of reasons. One, I'm just more comfortable in that space. I'm just not comfortable being the other type of boss. B, I know the like the reverberating effect it has on the people. And then see, 
I'm full of shit for doing any of the other stuff that I'm doing. Like I would not feel comfortable making the content if I wasn't actually showing up that way for real, for real, for real. And in ways that most people will never see how I show up for that ninth meeting in a row and what my attitude is going in. Again, none of this is impossible by any stretch of the imagination. None of it is actually hard when you put it together. Like, okay, yes, yeah, some of these things are hard to do. Some of these things are hard to do if you get in your own way, aggregate them up and it becomes more and more difficult across the board, but it's been worth it. So for those that see and are like, cool, love that dude's life. Like it's, it is all, it is all possible. Look, I'm also will caveat all of this by saying, I fully understand that I come from, I'm a white male privileged background. So happy to, address and say yes like there are elements where things were set up in a broader capacity that this would be easier for somebody just because of how fucked up society is that that would mean that i've got an easier path to get to this place but especially for the last you know 20 plus years once i got out into the workforce on my own like built all this shit myself and will happily say that it takes this type of rigor and consistency but it's also not impossible by any stretch of the imagination if you wanted to do all the things. I might fall over in the process. I don't know. I don't know where any of this is going. I've said that before. I will continue to say it because I don't know where any of this is going. And I just signed myself up to try to write a book on the side of all of this. And I'm scared shitless about what that means from a time management perspective. It's why, you know, Miles has been subjected to a bazillion of my types of questions in regards to scheduling. You know, it's part of the reason why I want to be able to have like a pseudo not have to put pressure on him to come over to the house to do this stuff so I can just, you know, pop a squat down here at four o'clock in the morning and be like, you know, what? for the first half hour, I just need to talk to a microphone to get this out of my head right now. This is all super, super hard. I don't think I've ever had more going on than I have right now. And there are times where I still feel like even when I'm like, cool, if I just get to that next plateau, if I just get to that next thing, I'm like then it'll get, I don't think I ever say to myself, it's going to get easier, but I just keep trying to like will myself to the next space, but it is super hard. And I have so much appreciation for others in the space that are doing all the things too. I think there's something relatively unique about doing all the things right now and doing all the things with a full-time, very intense corporate job happening as well. But for anybody that feels like they're stuck or that feels like, you know what, I've just got too many things going on to do it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Find your balance, happiness before anything else. But for those that like really, really, really want to get after it, it's hard. And again, this is one of the hardest things I've ever done, but my God, is this all a privilege and an honor right now to be able to get people's attention to be able to try to pay things forward as much as I can from a helpful perspective relative to career stuff. Uh, I wouldn't give any of this up for anything under the sun. But don't forget, if you see somebody out there and you're like, that stuff is cool, like that guy's doing all these cool things, they're going to these events, you know, for those that see the other people that are on red carpets and all the other things that might be aspirational or inspirational that are not close to where my world is right now, but you know, the Stanley cup, the Mets 
going to play hockey in Toronto, like those types of things, which I get a thousand percent why I love sharing it. It's like, I would love for you to have these experiences too. And that's why I want to take you along for the ride. But for whether it's me or for anybody else, I think the best part about seeing this stuff and having people open their worlds is in a lot of cases too, they're showing you exactly what it takes to get there. And they're probably not even showing you all of it. There's probably 10 more levels deep of how difficult it is and all the things that they're trying to balance for their own sanity. So aspirational and inspirational are both super dope things. And I'll say this out loud for myself and say this out loud for you as well as kind of a closing thought. Always assume that it's about 10 times harder behind the scenes than it actually looks. I think far too often we look at people, especially those where we only see things on a surface level, and we're like, oh, that person's got the life. They got it all set up. You know, they look at the things that they're doing and where they're going and how hard could that be to be an influencer? How hard could that be to be this person, that role? It's all 10 times harder than we could ever fathom. And I will never take for granted that anybody that I see that reaches any type of space career-wise, creator-wise, et cetera, that I could do as good of a job if I was given their set of circumstances because that's the other variable in this too. But see the things that, it, that, you, that inspire you. See the things that you aspire to do and then learn as much as you can about the details that go into what got that person to where they are because that'll give you the roadmap to go do it in a way that will work best for you. And then you'll have blueprints and blueprints and 10,000 different maps that can lead to 10,000 different places. And then you can craft your own version of it. And that's the dopest thing. But just don't ever take for granted how difficult it might be. And it's probably 10 times more difficult than you might see, which is why I think we should all give each other a little more benefit of the doubt be kinder to each other online, especially and build each other up because then people are more comfortable sharing the behind the scenes stuff. And the more they share the behind the scenes stuff, the more we all become empowered and, and can figure out ways to do it on our own. And with that in mind, it is now one thirty-one, and I have about 15 minutes until I need to pick up, need to leave to pick up my kid from her birthday party that she's at. And I am super appreciative of the fact that you took the time to listen to this. Hopefully it was helpful and made sense.